Welcome, everybody, to the Limitless Leadership Podcast. I'm Dustin Rubio, part of the Limitless Leadership team and youth pastor at City Church Swansea. And I'm Tim Alford, National Director of Limitless and volunteer youth leader at the Source Church Malvern. And this is a conversation designed to help youth leaders connect, think, and grow. So, why am I sharing this with you? Why am I sharing these with you? Why am I getting you to talk about this? Uh, Because I wanted to make this point that language matters. The language that we use matters. What we say about ourselves as youth ministries impacts the, the people that we reach. It impacts the, 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 the kinds of people we attract as well as the kinds of people we repel. And what we understand about ourselves as ministries impacts what we do and it impacts who we become. So think about it this way. Follow me if you can. Um, You and I understand the principle that we lead at our best when we most know ourselves. We lead at our best when we most fully understand our gifts, our strengths, our passions and our weaknesses. And we lead out of who we are when we are most fully the person that God created us to be. We lead at our best when what we do is an extension of who we are. In other words, what I'm trying to say is that you cannot fulfill your God-given potential until you understand your God-given identity. That you cannot fulfill your God-given potential until you understand your God-given identity. Now, you and I know this to be true as ourselves as leaders. We know it to be true of our young people. We know and understand this principle to be true of people. But I have come to understand that this same principle is also true of organizations, of churches, and of ministries. I believe that a ministry, your youth ministry included, cannot fulfill its God-given potential until it understands its God-given identity. That as a ministry, we cannot fully realize God's purposes for us until we have come to understand who he has made us to be together. And that is why much of the last four years for me since I've been in this role has been about a process of understanding who we are together as a movement of, of youth leaders and young people across the Elam movement and to try to begin to put some language around that. And it's important that right at the offset, I say this really clearly, that when I talk about limitless through the course of this talk, I'm not talking about you know, the gathering and our national teams and our regional leaders, those, though those things are, of course, included. I'm talking about us. I'm talking about what happens in your local churches. I'm talking about who we are together. So one of my first objectives in coming to this role, and you'll have heard me talk about th- this before, was trying to come to understand why we exist and what we do. And to cut a very long story short, we, we landed on this statement that you'll have heard me say hundreds of times. Uh, that Limitless exists to reach young people, to equip youth leaders, and to inspire dynamic youth ministry through the local church. That that is our mission. That is what we do. And from that point on, all of our decision-making about what we will do and what we will not do has been filtered through the lenses of that mission. So you see, the language that we use informs the choices that we make and what we understand about ourselves informs who we become and what we do. And then around the time of Elim's centenary year, 
uh, God began to stir this uh, exciting and fresh vision in us. So vision is all about where you're going. Mission is what you do. Vision is where you are going. It's what Chris McChesney would describe as X to Y by when. It's from here to there by then. It is a measurable destination. It is where you are going. And so, to cut a very long story short, God gave us a vision to pioneer a hundred new youth ministries through churches who are not currently reaching young people uh, by the end of 2027. And, and we're really energized and excited by that and are currently working with eight churches across the country. And that's just a really exciting thing. So you see, we had begun to create this language. We'd begun to create this shared vocabulary around our team. We, we had come to some clarity about what we do, and we had come to some clarity about where we're going, but for me there was this nagging feeling of there being a, a key missing piece, and that missing piece was who we are, because you see you cannot fulfill your God-given God calling until you understand your God-given identity, who we are, or to use another term that you might be more familiar with, our values or our core values. So you see, your mission defines what you do, your vision defines where you're going, but your values determine who you are. And there was this growing sense in me and the team that, that we needed to seek a shared understanding of who God had made us to be as a movement of young people and youth leaders together because we cannot fulfill our God-given potential until we understand our God-given identity. And so, uh, as a leadership team, we, we went through a process together, alive to the voice of the Spirit of God as we went, to come to a clear understanding of who God has made us to be. Our personality as a movement, our culture or our core values, because you cannot fulfill your God-given potential until you understand your God-given identity. But first, before I explain where we landed as a team and what those core values have become and set a bit of culture for us, I need to explain to you what we mean by core values, okay? And to do that, I first need to explain what core values are not. And you might want to write these things down. I hope they'll be helpful to you in your own ministry. So firstly, core values are not aspirational values. Core values are not aspirational values. So aspirational values are the characteristics that we may wish to have, but they're not natural or inherent to us. So there may be some things that we think, in, you know, in our ministries, in your ministries locally, would serve you well in the future that you are looking to become, but these are not the things we're talking about today because they're not core values. So they're not aspirational values, but also core values are not, see that one a bit better, accidental values. Accidental values, what do I mean by that? Your youth ministry has a culture. You may not have defined it, but it has a culture. And your culture is always a combination of what you create and what you allow. So accidental values are those values which come about without intention, though they do not necessarily serve the good of your youth ministry. We've allowed them to take root 
without intention. And so an accidental culture has arisen organically. How has it happened? According to the behaviors of the most influential characters within the team or within the group. So do you remember when Jesus talked about the yeast of the Pharisees? This is what he was talking about, but in a, in a, in a different language. That the, the yeast of the Pharisees was all about describing how the behaviors of a very small group of very influential individuals quickly permeated the entire culture, though it didn't necessarily serve their good. It was the yeast of the Pharisees. It was an accidental culture. So for you as a leader, one of your jobs is to identify, call out, and correct any potential accidental values before they have time to take root because accidental values can prevent new ideas and new people from flourishing within your youth ministries. So we're not talking about accidental values. We're not talking about aspirational values. But we're also not talking about, and this is where I think the confusion happens most of all, we're not talking about permission to play values. You can write that down, permission to play values. So permission to play values are the minimum standards or expectations that are required within a ministry. And whilst permission to play values are extremely important, they don't seek to differentiate you from anybody else. So in a youth ministry context, permission to play values would be things like prayer, understanding God's word, integrity, honesty, understanding youth culture, being passionate about seeing young people come to faith, and so on and so forth. You simply do not and should not get to do what we do unless you value those things. So they're really important, but they do not differentiate you from any other youth ministry in the whole of the world because they are permission to play values. And this is the reason why so many ministries and organizations, you might have noticed, have these kind of really bland, cut and paste values that seem to be the same as everybody else's. It's because we can very easily confuse permission to play values with core values, an easy mistake to make. So what then do we mean by core values? And it's important to set it in that context for what follows to make sense. Well, core values, Patrick Lencioni describes in this way. Core values lie at the heart of an organization's identity. They do not change over time, and they must already exist. In other words, they cannot be contrived. So core values is all about saying, this is our culture. This is our personality. This is who we are. This is our God-given identity. This is us. Because you see, you cannot fulfill your God-given potential until you understand your God-given identity. And so, as a team, we went through a process together, and we have discerned six things that we, uh, and we have developed a shared vocabulary around six things that we believe to be core to our personality as a movement together. And let me say, I've already said it, but I'm going to say it again. When I talk about Limitless, I'm going to talk about national ministries and local ministries and stories nationally and stories regionally. And I'm going to use those interchangeably on purpose because when we talk about Limitless, we're not talking just about what happens here in Malvin or at the gathering. We're talking about all of us together. This is 
us. So here we go then. What's the first of those things that we believe to be core values that are integral to our personality as a movement together? Firstly this, that family is our heart. That family is our heart. And just to check you're awake because it's the graveyard shift after lunch, I'd like you all to say it with me. Okay, one, two, three. Family is our heart. You know, I'll never forget the moment in my uh, youth group here in Malvern where right towards the start of our our time together as a youth group, one of the youth leaders on our team, who's here today actually, Jason, who's a youth leader now at Lecturworker on the City, was sitting around, ooh, yeah, a little one fan for Jason. And, um, or was that you whooping yourself? I don't know. (laughs) So... I've got, I've got a whoop for you, Jason, anyway. So we, so we, were, we were having t- kind of discussion groups around tables, and, and the, 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 the conversation on Jason's table quickly turned to family, where, at that time, Jason discovered that every single young person in that group, without exception, was from a broken home. Every single one of them. And you would have a similar story to tell in your youth group, I've no doubt. And it struck me even just a few weeks ago as, you know, we came back from the Christmas break and we started up our youth group again here in Malvern and I was asking our young people, so, you know, how was your Christmas? And, you know, those questions that you that you ask I was struck by just how many of them said yeah it was really cool you know because you know on on Christmas Day I was with my mom and then I went over to my dad's house on Boxing Day it's a fatherless generation isn't it and we know that this is not without its consequences did you know that uh, fatherless children make up over 70 percent of the young offender population that fatherless children are 75 percent more likely to fail at school 70% more likely to be drug addicts, 50% more likely to have debt issues, and 35% more likely to be unemployed. And so, friends, in a generation that is raised in broken homes, how important is it that in our youth ministries they experience what family could be and should be? You know, It is really important, isn't it, that we have solid, proper policies in our youth ministries. And that is really important. I don't want to undermine that. But can I just say, let's be be careful that we don't policy the love out of our youth ministries. Let's be careful that we don't policy a wedge, a distance between ourselves and our young people. Because, you know, ministry without love is just noise. And you know what I love so much about you? Is that as I travel around and I spend time with you and I, and I see your ministries and as I see you in your groups with your young people at Limitless Festival and at the, at, at the gathering and I look on and, and I witness that, I can see that family is your heart. I see that. And one of the things I, I've done is I've asked for you guys to send in stories and I'm going to share a number of stories from, from some of you over the course of, of this talk. And, and this is the first one and I just love this. One youth leader who's here today said that our 15 to 18s group meet at our house and have food together. How many of you guys have groups that meet in your homes? How many of, yeah, lots of hands going up. Family is our heart, you see. One of our younger people struggles with relationships at school and spoke about how difficult it makes it being at school for them. And so the rest of the youth group suggested making a small group of encouraging sayings so that the person could look at it whenever they needed some encouragement. Over the next couple of weeks, the group offered lots of short quotes and sayings, mostly from the Bible. And we wrote some out and we printed some off and we put the book together. And everybody also wrote a personal note in the book for this person. And this young person just loves it and loves to tell us how the book is being carried everywhere with them and being read all the time. 
it is great to see our young people looking out for each other and praying for each other. How great is that? Because you see, family is our heart. Family is our heart. It's the family that that we build together with our young people, but it's also, I believe, about the family that exists in this room, the family that we build together as leaders. And, And friends, one of my greatest prayers and passions for these few days is that as you look around the room right now and, and you share meals together and, and, and hang out, you know, late at night, that you don't just see colleagues, but you see brothers and sisters. That you see people who understand what you're going through. People who know your joys and your triumphs. People who are there at the other end of the phone ready to encourage you in your struggles and to celebrate in your successes. Not, not people, please, Please, not people with whom you're in competition. And sometimes social media can make it feel like that. But not people with whom you're in competition, but those with whom you are joined on the same team, on the same mission to reach the lost young people of this nation. Do you know one of my favorite things that has happened this year, it's got absolutely nothing to do with me, who knows all the best things, <laughs> uh, is that my friend Ricardo, is Ricardo yeah, Ricardo's up there, and um, I, I just love this, this, this story because last year here at Limitless Leaders, when we talked you know, to you about this vision to pioneer 100 new youth ministries through churches that aren't reaching young people, the Holy Spirit just did something in Ricardo's heart, and, and he, in his heart, just signed up before God. He said, yeah, I want to be part of that. And we're going to share a little bit more of the story with you tomorrow. Ricardo's going to come speak about it. And, um, and then at Elam Leaders Summit in May, there was this divine appointment. And to cut a very long story short, Ricardo has been working with a, with a church down the road. Ricardo's from Cardiff City Church. He's been working with a church in Porth. And he's been taking a team over to them. And he's been helping them to, to start a youth ministry from scratch where there wasn't one in their church. And he's invited their new potential youth leaders in to come and see the things that are going on in his youth group. And he's been over there and he's been helping them to start. And I love that. You know why I love that? Because it's of no benefit to him. He doesn't get anything out of it. His local church doesn't get anything out of it. But you know what? Ricardo understands that family is our heart. That family is our heart. And you know what I think is really beautiful about those kinds of stories, and I could have shared more, is that it challenges the cultural narrative of individualism with a better story. That we as the body of Christ get to show that there's something better than rooting for yourself all the time. The Apostle Paul in Romans 12 said, Be devoted to one another in love and honor one another above yourselves. So can I ask you limitless, (laughs) are we for each other today? Do we rejoice in one another's victories in the same way that we celebrate our own? Because you see, our God is a God who exists in community and one person cannot live the life of the Trinity. So here's the language that we've placed around that. And I love this. I get excited to just to read it to you. It says this, That Limitless is a family woven together in a web of stubbornly loyal relationships. We're beautifully diverse, yet unusually united. We celebrate one another in victory. We support one another in defeat. We believe in the power of gathering together as a growing community, knowing that we can accomplish so much more together than we ever could alone. Because what we're building here isn't about individuals making history, but a family in unity, who changed the world as a community. Family is our heart. This is us. 
So family is our heart. That's the first one. And the next one is this, that fun is our spirit. Yes, there he is. The man, the myth, the legend, Chris Cartwright. Fun is our spirit. Uh, so let's all say that together. One, two, three. Fun is our spirit. You know what Jesus said? Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And we use it so much that it's become a cliche, but that doesn't mean it's not true. And you know, the Holy Spirit has been speaking to me recently and he's been challenging me in my own life and in my own heart. And I wonder if I could share that with you and, and pass that challenge on to you, if I may. See, what the Holy Spirit's been challenging me with, me with recently is this. That when people look at your life, Tim, and I say it to you, when people look at your life, what do they learn about Christianity? When your friends, your neighbours, your family and your young people look at your life, what do they learn about what it means to follow Jesus? What does your life say? Does it say, become a Christian, be overworked and exhausted? Or does it say, become a Christian, that you may have life and have it to the full? Pete Scazzaro says this, that unhealthy leaders give out more for God than they receive from him. Listen to this, this is so challenging. They serve others in order to share the joy of Christ, but that joy remains elusive to themselves. My friends, are we leading the way in joy? Don't you think that as Christians we should be having the most fun? <laughs> because, you know, if, if, if we don't lead the way in celebration, then how will people know we've got something to celebrate? Fun is our spirit. Fun is our spirit. And for me, do you know what that means? It means that when we plan our events, you know, like the gathering or, or festival or even Limitless Leaders, we give as much attention to what happens in the social spaces as to what happens in the sessions and in the meetings. And I'm not even sorry for it. <laughs> and notice, by the way, I didn't say as to what happens, you know, in the spiritual program, because we believe that the fun is the spiritual program. We believe that Jesus is as present with us when we're bouncing on the inflatables as he is when we're bouncing to a worship song. Because fun is our spirit. We believe that fun gives life and builds community. Anyone else believe that? We believe that fun builds, gives life and it builds community. We are committed to intentionally creating environments that encourage, enable and celebrate the life-giving force of fun. Fun is our spirit. This is us. Family is our heart. Fun is our spirit. And thirdly, excellence and opportunity is our pursuit. Now, this one's a bit more of a tongue twister, all right? So you've definitely got to be awake for this one. Here we go. One, two, three. Excellence and opportunity is our pursuit. This is what the scripture says about Daniel. That Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and satraps. Why? Because an excellent spirit was in him. And look at what happened as a result. That the king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. I'm uh, fortunate enough to be able to write a uh, kind of like a monthly column in Youth and Children's Work magazine called Leadership 101. And a, uh, like a couple of uh, issues ago, I submitted a, an article that was entitled, Excellence is Not a Swear Word. <laughs> Excellence is Not a Swear Word. And I chose that title intentionally because I'm aware that as soon as you start talking about excellence in church circles, people start kind of twitching and foaming at the mouth. And, um, and I kind of understand why. I, kind of, I do understand why, because their concern is that excellence equals exclusive. That excellence results in a professionalized church, you know, where only the elite are allowed to participate, 
while the rest of us more ordinary folks have to sit at the sidelines and watch on as though, you know, attending a gig rather than participating in an authentic community. But I want to put it to you today that excellence doesn't have to be exclusive and that actually the opposite is true. So use your imaginations for me if you would. I'd like you to imagine a youth ministry context where there is no concern for excellence, okay? So imagine that the building is cold and the decor is dated, that the music is irrelevant, that the band are insensitive, and that the communication is boring. Now, in this kind of setting, the long-standing Christian young person may continue to attend week after week after week. Why? Because they have two pre-existing relationships to return for. Firstly, their relationship with God, which gives them meaning to the experience. And secondly, the relationship with the other people at the gathering, their youth leaders and the other young people. So, they, their pre-existing relationships cause them to return again and again in spite of the quality of the experience. Now imagine for me that a new young person shows up to that exact same environment. They have no pre-existing relationships to return for. They don't have a relationship with God or anyone in the youth group. And this is their first encounter with a church environment of any kind. The environment is dated, the songs are unrecognizable, the music is bad and they are bored by the communication. You tell me, are they coming back next week? And so you see, because of the lack of excellence, insiders are included while outsiders are excluded. So my challenge to you is that if you are serious about building an inclusive youth ministry, strive for excellence. Tim Keller says this much, much better than me. He says this, The quality of the music, your speech, and even the visual aesthetics in worship will have a marked impact on evangelistic power. In many churches, the quality of the music is mediocre or poor, but it doesn't disturb the faithful. Why? Their faith makes the words of the songs meaningful despite its lack of artistic expression. What's more, they usually have a personal relationship with the music presenter. But any outsider who comes in as someone who's unconvinced of the truth and having no relationship to the presenter will likely be bored or irritated by the expression. In other words, excellent aesthetics includes outsiders, while mediocre aesthetics excludes. The low level of artistic quality, he says, in many of our churches, guarantees that only insiders will continue to come. So, let me say it, let me announce it for you today, Limitless, <laughs> that for us in Limitless, excellence is not a swear word. It's a non-negotiable. From now on, excellence will not be a word that you and I shy away from. It will be a standard, a God-honoring standard that we call one another towards. Shelley Giglio says this, that God is an excellent God. He does things as well as possible and so should we. We want to do things the very best we can do it because God deserves our very best. God living in us informs the way we do things and the kind of excellence that God demands. Friends, let's not say I'm doing this for Jesus and then follow it up with an underwhelming, half-hearted, mediocre effort. And let me be clear, when I say that we're, call, we're being called to excellence, I'm not calling us to perfection or perfectionism. Excellence and perfection are not the same thing. I'm just calling us to bring our very best offering to God. 
I'm calling us to do the very best we can with what we have in our hands. God gave us his very best, didn't he? So we'll give him ours. We'll give him ours. And yet, at the same time, we're super passionate about holding this commitment to excellence in tension with a commitment to opportunity. That's why if you ever come to uh, Limitless Festival in the summer, then you will see that all of our venues are led by youth leaders from within our own movement. Opportunity. That's why when you come to Limitless Leaders, you'll see loads of the talks, the TED talks, the sessions being led by youth leaders from within our own movement. That's why if you came to Limitless Festival in the summer, you'd come to the morning sessions and you'd see young people from our own churches in front of hundreds of young people leading devotions. We're committed to opportunity. We're committed to opportunity and to growth. You know, I was privileged enough to, to go and speak at a church represented here in the room today uh, earlier on in the year. And um, I went to speak at their youth church event that they do once a month. And I was just overwhelmed by by the quality, the musicianship, the, the leadership, the, the visuals, the media, everything. It was just so well done. But then in the team meeting, as I looked around, you know what I noticed? I noticed young leaders. I noticed young musicians. I noticed interns that had been brought up through the youth group and been given opportunity to lead within the church. But then at the end of this event, when I was so blown away by the whole experience and how great it was, the youth leader came up to me at the end and he said to me, you know what he said? He said, Tim, if you have noticed anything that we could do better, I would love to hear about it. And I thought, yes, they get it. They get it. They have a commitment to getting better and doing their very best. And they are creating real, visible opportunities for young leaders to grow. You see, it's the tension, excellence and opportunity. So here's our language for that. Limitless believes that excellence and opportunity inspires growth and loyalty. We believe in opportunity, in giving platforms for young people and youth leaders to grow in gifting and in influence, discovering their purpose and fulfilling their potential. We believe that excellence honors God and inspires people. We believe in giving God our best because he gave us his best. We believe that spirit-filled should not equate to poorly planned, thrown together, and badly executed. We believe in setting standards that scare us and working hard to achieve them. We celebrate excellence, but not at the expense of opportunity, because we believe that beauty is born in embracing the tension. It's excellence and opportunity. This is us. So family is our heart. Fun is our spirit. Excellence and opportunity is our pursuit. And fourthly, listening is our culture. If you could say it with me, one, two, three. Listening is our culture. The wise King Solomon said, the way of the fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man is he who listens to counsel. It won't have escaped your attention, as a youth leader, I'm sure, <laughs> that the more influence you carry, the bigger a target you wear. By which I mean that everybody in your church has an opinion about how you're leading your youth ministry, right? <laughs> your senior pastor has an opinion. The elders have an opinion. Yeah? The young people have an opinion. The parents of the young people have an opinion. Your spouse definitely has an opinion. And all of those opinions have the potential to be... Uh, Suggestions? Should we, should we say suggestions? We can maybe put it that way. Or 
criticisms, certainly uh, alternative views. And when you are faced with a criticism or a suggestion or an alternative view about how you lead your youth ministry, you as a leader are presented now with three options as to how you will respond. Okay, I'm going to take you through those three options. Number one is the wasp. Okay, you can be the wasp. That is, whenever sh- anyone shares with you an alternative view or, an, or a criticism, you are quickly provoked by it and you strike back. And by strike back, I mean you go on the defensive. You give an immediate retort. You pull out a long list of reasons why the way you do it is well thought out and why it still remains the best way. You are the wasp. Option two is the hedgehog. <laughs> in other words, you, you curl up in a ball and you hide from him. You do your very best to steer clear of any uh, uh, opinions that you may perceive to be criticisms. And when they come your way, you figuratively put your fingers in your ears. You may look like you are listening, but the truth is you're just hiding away and you're going to forget about it as soon as you possibly can. You are the hedgehog. And option three, I couldn't think of another animal is the sponge, okay, (laughs) the sponge. And I know that there is an animal called a sponge, but I just didn't know if it soaked stuff up. So I didn't know enough about marine biology to go for that. Okay, so the sponge, because you soak it up, your posture is hands open rather than arms crossed. You are wise enough to receive feedback from every angle, even from those people who may be significantly less experienced and knowledgeable in your field. And you are discerning enough to know that in almost every criticism, there exists a kernel of truth if you would be humble enough to seek that out. And because you are always listening, you are always learning. Because you're always listening, you are always learning. So, here at Limitless, we choose option three. We choose not only to listen to the view of others, but to actively go out in search of them and wherever we can to apply them to our ministries. And that's why for every event we've ever done, we've sought out feedback through, through surveys, through emails, through phone calls, and, and through, through feedback forms. And it's with honesty that I can say that when we give out those feedback forms, they're never stuffed in a drawer or left to collect dust on a shelf. They're always poured over by our teams and given proper consideration and they have on every single occasion resulted in direct change, uh, changes to our programming. Because you see, experience doesn't necessarily make you better. Sometimes experience just digs you deeper into the rut of the way that you've always done things. Evaluated experience makes you better. Evaluated experience makes you better. So the moment that you put your fingers in your ears, you put a ceiling on your growth. That's why listening is our culture. Bill Hubbard says it like this. A very wise man once told me that tucked inside every critic's attack, there's usually at least a tiny kernel of truth. And rather than reflexively lashing back back at a critic, the wasp, he advised that I should spend my energy on figuring out what it is the sponge. If you can identify it, he said, you're likely to grow from it instead of devolving into defensiveness. So here's our language for that. Listening is our culture. Limitless is committed to hearing the voice of God, the voice of our youth leaders, and the voice of our young people. We actively listen to those we serve, and we take 
seriously what we hear and respond with intention and integrity. We search for the traces of nectar in even the harshest criticism because we are committed to continually getting better. Listening is our culture. This is us. So, Family is our heart, fun is our spirit, excellence and opportunity is our pursuit, listening is our culture, and service is our posture. Service is our posture. Jesus said these words, whoever wants to be great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And you know what I, what I see amongst us, and I think it's true of, of our national and our local ministries, is a whole bunch of people who will go all out to serve those that they lead. I, you know, I see in you youth workers who are not just simply, you know, t- ticking off a, a, a timesheet and collecting a, a paycheck or not collecting a paycheck in, in some cases, but youth leaders who are readily and regularly making personal sacrifices to serve those they lead. I see it in you. And one of our youth leaders who, who's not here today um, sent me this story, and I love this so much. They said that on least, at at least three occasions, we've put up three young people who were kicked out of their home. One was a young man with schizophrenia who had become homeless and lost his job. So we said he could stay with us until he got somewhere to live and we could help him find a job. The other young man had an argument with his parents and walked out. He rang us to ask if he could stay and we told him he could come over and explained we'd ring his parents to let them know where he was and and we arranged a meeting with him and his parents the next day and it was sorted out and he went back home the next day and everyone was happy. (laughs) Listen to this. The other young man, again, had no job and was kicked out of his flat. So he asked if he could come and stay with us for a couple of weeks. He stayed for six months. (laughs) But the thing I really loved about this story is that the youth leader who sent it to me started it with these words. I don't really see this as going the extra mile, but (laughs) now anyone else in the whole world would see that as going the extra mile. But you don't because service is our posture, because it's a core value, because it's inherent to us, because it's part of our personality as a movement of youth leaders together. This is us. I was having a coffee with another one of our youth leaders um, just a little bit before Christmas. They'd asked to meet with me and we were talking about some things, but I used the opportunity just to kind of pick his brains and, and get some thoughts because listening is our culture. And so we were, we were talking about the events and I was asking him for, for some perspective on stuff and, and our conversation turned to the church floor accommodation at the gathering. We began to talk about that a little bit and, and he said to me, you know, our young people, they, they like the overnight thing. They, they like staying over. And I said, yeah, the young people love it, right? But the youth leaders hate it. And do you know what he said to me? He said, yeah, but it's not for us, is it? It's not for us, is it? And I thought, yes, exactly, we get it. Because service is our posture. Service is our posture. You know, when you and I said yes to the call of God on our lives to do the most important job there has ever been, which is to pass on the gospel to the next generation, which is to be youth workers. We did not sign up for a life of convenience and comfort. We signed up for a life of sacrifice and servanthood. That's the call of God on our lives. And I see it in you all over the country. 
because service is our posture. This is us. This is us. Family is our heart. Fun is our spirit. Excellence and opportunity is our calling. Listening is our posture. And listening is our calling. And service is our posture. And then finally, last but not least, pioneering is our uh, so, oh, sorry, I haven't, read the, I haven't read the words for you. Let me do that. Limitless believes in going all out to serve those we are called to lead, encouraging them in purpose and passion. We will serve indiscriminately, unaffected by size or status. New or old, big or small, we will serve with excellence regardless. Service is our posture. This is us. And finally, pioneering is our calling. Pioneering is our calling. It's the last one. Let me start with the bad news. The English church census revealed that 155 15 to 19 year olds and 251 under 14 year olds leave the church every week. There are 47,000 churches in the UK and 72% of them have no young people. In our own movement of 518 churches, the picture is not quite so bleak. It's somewhere between 21 and 30% of our churches that have no young people, which, whilst it's significantly better than the national average, it's still nowhere near where it needs to be. Why am I telling you all of this? Well, it's because I wanted to say something that's probably going to make me very unpopular, but, you know, whatever, it's not my job to be popular. <laughs> and it's this, my friends, it is about the numbers. It is about the numbers. Do you think... That the same God who knows literally the number of hairs on our heads does not know the number of young people who are on a trajectory to hell. It is about the numbers because, my friends, the numbers are not statistics. They are people. Do you know why in the church we like to say it's not about the numbers? It's because when we're not keeping score, we don't have to admit it when we're losing. But when we get our heads out of the sand and we confront the numbers and we engage with the numbers and we are real about them in our own churches and in our country. And when we allow them to inform our decision making going forward, we face the fact that what we are doing isn't working. And when what we are doing isn't working, my friends, there are two things that we cannot do and that we must not do. Number one is do nothing. And number two is do what we've always done. Because when you do what you've always done, right, you get what you've always got. James Emery White says it this way, that the coming force of Generation Z will inevitably challenge every church to do what? To rethink its strategy in the light of a cultural landscape that has shifted seismically. My friends, what I'm trying to say to you is this. We are in a moment right now where pioneering is a non-negotiable for every youth ministry. Because the things that got us here aren't going to take us there. I love when the Apostle Paul says, I have become all things to all people. Why? So that by all possible means, I might save some. I do this for the sake of the gospel that I may share in its blessings. My friends, we must pioneer a new approach so that by all possible means, we might save some for the sake of the gospel. The good news is, that as I travel around and as I talk with you, I see that pioneering is our culture. 
that pioneering is our culture. I see that you are seeking new and innovative ways to, to reach out into your communities and, and to share the gospel with the young people in your communities who don't know Jesus yet. Like one of our youth leaders who's here today who shared this brilliant story with me. They told me that over the last two terms, we've been able to go into one of our local secondary schools once a week, every week, to be part of the school's personal development activity program. We also have a lunchtime club once a week where we offer games, a chat, and a hot chocolate. We asked if we could do something else, which the school agreed to. And so this is so cool. We agreed to offer a series on growing good relationships called Chat Up Lines. I love that. <laughs> Just pioneering innovative ways to reach young people. It goes from term to term, so we've run it twice now. We've had over 20 students both times. We've also been able to offer a youth alpha series. We've had 10 young people signed up for it this term. I love this. I catch their passion. And I'm excited. I'm so hoping that the young people will see Jesus for who he really is. Yes, come on. I love it. I love it, my friends. I hope to God that you are not content to simply look after the children of the, of the parents who already go to your church. Pioneering is our culture, that by all possible means, we might save some. Nationally, uh, Jamie and Craig and, and others are now working with uh, eight churches who didn't have any youth ministry and are, and are helping them to start new youth ministries in their context. And one young person, who was the only young person in this church before Limitless Pioneers came, uh, said these words. They said that when Limitless became part of my church, it immediately encouraged me because there were other young people. <laughs> and it was great. It was a great place to talk and to think the message of Limitless, that my generation is a limitless generation that God will use mightily, really resonated with me. So much so that I have started and still run a CU at my school, which has grown from six to 15 people in three months. My friends, that's what happens when we pioneer. It doesn't just happen to us, it resonates, it goes on like a ripple effect. So let me encourage you with these words. They're not my words, they're the words of Ralph Waldo Emerson, who said, do not go where the path may lead. Instead, go where there is no path and leave a trail. You see, pioneering is our calling. Here's our language for that. <laughs> Limitless is a stirring ministry that is not content with settling. We are a courageous family willing to take risks in order to relentlessly pursue the mission of God to reach the unreached as we see the Spirit lead. We champion audacity. We take new ground and we posture ourselves to be ready for change. Pioneering is our calling. Family is our heart. Service is our posture. Listening is our culture. Excellence and opportunity is our pursuit. And fun is our spirit. My friends, this is us. You see, you cannot fulfill your God-given potential until you understand your God-given identity. And as a team, we really believe this is us, that this puts some language around who we are together, all of us, as a movement of young people and youth leaders across this nation, the UK and Ireland. This is us. This is us. And I've got to share with you this story because I, 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 I know it's going to encourage you because I really believe, my friends, that God is up to something with us together in these days. I was at a, a Christian summer camp and 
um, I was having lunch. Forgive me, this is going to sound a bit like a name drop, but I need to drop the name because it, it, um, it gives context. So you guys will know Matt Summerfield, who was here with us a few years ago uh, at Limitless Leaders. Matt Summerfield, who's now the president, not the, not the president, like that's someone else, um, <laughs> who we better not talk about, um, the president of um, Urban Saints. Um, and he told me, as we were having lunch together that day, that the previous day he was having lunch with Chris Curtis, who's the CEO of Youthscape. You'll know Youthscape from uh, like Romance Academy and South Harm UK and all of those. I, I tell you the names because I wanted you to know that both of them have a, a national perspective on what is happening with young people and youth ministries and churches around this country. And they were having lunch the previous day to, to that day I was having lunch with Matt. And, and they, they, um, they were talking, and they were being, well, they were doing what we were talking about earlier. They were being real about the numbers. And they were talking about kind of the state of youth ministry in the UK. And they were talking about the young people who were leaving the church. And, and, and they were wondering, well, what are we going to do about it? But then they asked each other a question. This is going to excite you. They asked each other a question. And they said, where do we see the signs of life? They said, where do we see the signs of light? Where do we see a bucking of the trend that's happening in the rest of the country? Where do we see that God is up to something? Do you know what they said? They said, we see it in Limitless. We see it in Limitless. And I can say that to you without any fear of a, of a hint of boasting. Because I know that they weren't talking about the gathering or anything like that. They were talking about you. They were talking about what they see in your churches. They were talking about what they see in your local ministries. They, they were talking about what they see God is up to with us together. My friends, I believe that Jesus is up to something with us in these days. Does anybody else believe that? That Jesus is up to something in these days. I see it in your localities. I hear it in your stories. I perceive it when we gather together and meet like this. I see it when I travel around and I spend time with you and I get to experience it for myself. And I get on my knees and I thank God that I get to be a little part of it. And I thank God most of all that I get to be a part of it with you. My friends, this is Limitless. This is awesome. Thanks for listening to the Limitless Leadership Podcast. We want to make sure that the Limitless Leadership Podcast is tackling the issues that affect you in youth ministry. So email us at info at limitlesselam.co.uk to let us know the issues you'd like us to discuss. Stay in touch with us on social media. We're at Limitless Elam on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, and YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast through iTunes or however you get your podcast. See you next time.